Hello and welcome to the Tiff's Truth Podcast. This is a podcast all about entrepreneurship, growth, and spirituality. Today's guest is just as beautiful inside as she is on the outside, and I've experienced this firsthand, guys. She is a model, motivational speaker, actress, and wellness practitioner. She is also a former contestant on America's Next Top Model. Welcome Sharon Brown to the podcast. Hi, that was so beautiful. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to speak with you today. So I had the opportunity to meet you and your beautiful mother. And I learned that the two of you are from Chicago's Roseland neighborhood, just like me. Yes. Wow. Yes. Hundreds. Wow. Wow. Hundreds. Wow, hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I grew up and was raised there and um, lived there for the earlier parts of my life. You know, that was grandma's house was located. in Yeah. Rosen. So all of my aunts and uncles, all seven of them, they grew up in that home. And that was our little central location for our family for many, many years. And so grandparents decided to be snowbirds and leave us. I, but, don't, blame, uh, I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah, my, my grandparents pretty much stayed in that area until they were moved into senior living facilities. But they were on like 107th and Vernon. So that was grandma's no. house for us as well. Yeah. But I want you to tell me about your upbringing on the south side and how that shaped who you are today 100 percent. so yeah my upbringing it started out with my mom you know my mom had me at a young age when she was just 19 20 years old um so for many years it was just me and her she was a you you met her yesterday but um you know she persevered through so much and just really created a great foundation it was just her and I so she was really adamant on making sure that I had a life even that I would have with two parents you know and she she worked hard and you know it really takes a village and so my grandmother was there as support system as well um I you know I grew up in a family of my mom has seven brothers and sisters so a large family so I always had a bunch of cousins and relatives and stuff around um I actually went to school in Roseland down this just down the street so I would walk from uh, grandma's house and um yeah there was always even in school and stuff like that I was always in like you know doing plays and different things growing up I was always that that child that was you know a little quiet right but then when given in the platform and opportunity like would always just come out and shine and I was grateful to have a mother that encouraged that in me and actually when she first had me you know, she had me at a young age. And when I say it takes a village, like it really took the entire community because, mm -hmm. you know, she struggled as a young single teen mother. And, um, you know, it was one point she was, you know, really dealing with a lot of heavy mental health issues and stuff. And she walked into a grocery store one day and there was a sign and it was like, are you anxious? Are you sad? Are you this? Are you that? Are you a teen mother? Da, da, da. Come to this meeting and we're, we're here to help you. And it ended up being like a Catholic charities community at, in the Roseland area. And she went and it was in her early stages of pregnancy with me and they really just helped and supported her through her journey, you know, as a new mom and everything that she went through with that. And, you know, one of the things that comforted her in those earlier stages was, you know, she she was just crying in the closet one day and she heard the audible voice of God mm -hmm. <laughs> within her that was like, you know, keep my daughter have her this is my child she's gonna her name's gonna be in life I have great plans for her and she had never experienced anything like that before um and that really gave her that combined with the community support and stuff really gave her everything that she needed to push forward and move forward with everything and here we are today so she yeah. comes with me everywhere yeah um and I really attribute the woman I am to her to the community 
the entire Rosa community to family um, and the entire support. So she really encouraged um, my dreams and everything. That is absolutely amazing. You talk about your mother having you at a young age. How old was she when she uh, got pregnant with you or had you? She was 19. Oh, she was 19. Yeah, 20. Yeah. Yeah. So you talk about her mental health issues and her own personal struggles. What was it like for you? Um, obviously, you had a, a loving family, a huge loving family and a, and a loving mother. But we all know that nothing really replaces the love of a father and being in a two parent household. What kind of effect sure. did that have on you? Yeah, that had a large effect on me. It's actually like, you know, we all are birthed into the world with different traumas and different triggers or, um, you know, if you're into astrology, your Chiron, depending mm-hmm. on what your Chiron is in your chart. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, that father rule was a big part of that and something that I've always continued throughout my life to work and heal through, um, you know, because with that came a lot of, you know, just questions as a young woman. We have a lot of pressures on ourselves, just beauty wise and image wise and fitting in. I was always tall and lanky and been 5'11 since I was in eighth grade. So wow. you know, I struggle with a lot of insecurities and low self-esteem that a lot of young women fall victim to. And a lot of it too was, you know, just not having my father in my life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it led me to question myself. Like, well, what, what, like if my dad doesn't want to be here, then what does that say about me? Like, am I worth it? Like, you know, am I beautiful? Am I this? Do I have what it takes, you know? And shout out to all the fathers out there because I know we have amazing fathers out there too. And I just want to reiterate how important it is for fathers to speak into the lives of their children um they're literally the ones that 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 set out that legacy that set out that purpose and that affirms that in young women you know our our parents our mothers can do it but it's a little different when it comes for a father so I think that I I know that I was looking for that in different ways and um as 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 illustrious and awesome as my career has been I will say that early on in life I did you know I did have I did pursue things very courageously and um because you know too looking for you know like that validation in a way that I didn't get at home so yeah that was extremely difficult and tough um it wasn't actually until recent years in the past, like five, six years that I actually reconnected with my father and began healing that that wound and going on that journey in a whole new way. So you were able to reconnect with him. What was yeah. that? Recon- what was that reconnection uh, <laughs> like? Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, it, it, it was different. You know, it's still a work in progress every single day, but I'm grateful that we're both committed to seeing that through, through all the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was super excited. As you can imagine, your whole life, you go without having a father. So to like make that connection, it was actually through Ancestry.com that that oh. came about. I know how crazy. <laughs> and um and so, yeah, so, you know, you dream of, like, what your father's going to look like and be like, da, da, da. and so it was just so, it was so interesting. We finally met in person, and we actually connected through my aunt first. Me and her really built mm-hmm. a close relationship as well, and, you know, it was, it was very, very healing, and it has continued to be that. Um, again, there's a lot of ups and downs, nothing perfect. You know, I, a lot of the things that we deal with and a lot of our wounds and stuff are actually generational, multi-generational. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't have my father in my life in my early years. He didn't have his father in his life in his early mm-hmm. years and it trickles yeah. down. So it's not only myself that's dealing with my own traumas and things that I want out of the relationship, but then also stuff that he has to work through too. And, um, 
you know, so we're, we're, we're working through them together slowly, but surely, but I'm, I'm grateful to have met him and my siblings and, um, yeah, we're, we're healing some wounds one day at a time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's beautiful because, you know, like, like you said, there's nothing like the love of a father and a girl's, a little girl's first love is, is her father. And a lot of times, you know, we tend to actually unconsciously, we end up marrying and dating mm, our fathers, mm, even mm, if they are uh, traumatic, you know, yeah. if we aren't necessarily breaking those chains and healing those wounds but I think it's a blessing that you were able to reconnect and so I I want another thing that you and I have in common is our passion for children and helping the community I mentioned briefly to you about how I started an LLC just working with children and teaching them about the joys of traveling the world because I wasn't able to do that growing up and so I want you to talk about your passion uh working with youth and about giving back to less fortunate communities for sure and before I move on to that I wanted to touch on the um just the father things again and even for like young women that are out there right now even young men who okay it's like oh that sounds good she connected with her father and she's healing the journey Mm -hmm. know that you know even if that's not in the play, we can still, there's things that we can still do to begin to mend those bonds and mend those wounds. And I want to briefly touch on that um, just for, you know, also just a sense of encouragement and stuff to those out there. Cause I know how that is. Yeah. Um, so even for myself, you know, I began reparenting myself, you know, we, we have both masculine and feminine energies within ourselves. And a lot of the things that I, you know, looked for externally in a father, you know, well, we can actually be that for ourselves. Let me affirm myself let me speak life into myself okay I didn't Mm -hmm. have a father that did that let me make sure I'm doing that for myself every single day you know and taking pride in the masculine side of me also being able to rise up and provide and give a sense of security and stuff even if it wasn't always present externally also I leaned on um, my spirituality I'm a very spiritual person deep connection with God and with the entire spirit realm and that you know, provided such a sense of security and support and and fatherly sense and all of that stuff, things that I yearn for. And that like, you know, even like little, little, little things, you know, a God would, and the whole the entire spirit realm, my answers would show up for me like never before, providing those things that some people's fathers would do and coming through ways and synchronicities and things that would happen. So I encourage people to look out for that. We have a lot of miracles that happen in our life on a daily basis you know, that Mm -hmm. we kind of take for granted and don't realize. Um, And thirdly, also just plugging into a great community. I had a, um, you know, shout out to Haji Healing Salon out of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I really plugged into there. They offer an array of different services and stuff. Sister Shaman Maria Lanier, she really helped guide me through a lot um, as far as like going back and healing past traumas and wounds and all of that stuff. So those are just three little tips I wanted to get to people out there that may yeah, be that struggling is extremely, with abandonment issues that is, and stuff. That is so mm-hmm. important. And it's, but it, and it is a lot of work too. Like it takes, yeah. you know, one thing I would say is that it takes years. You cannot sure. undo the pain that you've experienced and had to carry over a long extended amount of time in just a year like it literally takes years in order to break those sort of generational curses and to heal yourself Mm -hmm. and to repair um repair your build rebuild yourself up um it is definitely 
a lot of work, but it is, it's definitely worth it and freeing. And you mentioned ancestors. We don't realize that the, the wounds that we are healing, we're actually mm-hmm. healing our lineage as exactly. well. Um, exactly. and, and so that is extremely important. Do you venerate? Is there a special way that you venerate and honor your ancestors? Oh, 100%. It's very important to me. Very, very important to me. You know, they, they, they li- literally also died <laughs> for yeah. me and so that I could live the life that I live. So I definitely do, uh, um, you know, have an ancestor, I mean, an altar and stuff that I mm-hmm. commune at and pray at and like, um, yeah, that's very just acknowledgement of my ancestors and of their past and, you know, the things that they because that's in me, you know, and being and knowing that that's in my DNA. Like right. I have ancestors that were entrepreneurs, ancestors that had a voice, ancestors that were writers, you know, as far as I can go back and to know that I can call on that part of my DNA to awaken and when I need to get something done or right. create a side, you know, and, and I when can you awake- need the strength to give you the strength to keep going exactly 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 or to notice you know we can also see when we um, love that you mentioned like relationships how it can come up in relationships because I've dealt with that as well um and we can see the patterns in our family history and stuff as well I have a grandmother on my father's side also who you know kind of domestic issues and stuff and that led to her um her transition unfortunately but watching that too there's familiar spirits that Mm -hmm. sometimes we got angels attached to our dreams and our plans and our destinies but then there's also some familiar kind of adversary type energy too that is also sometimes present in the lineage and so okay okay this may show up as a controlling man or as a you know or as a leech succubus type energy that just wants to drain you know my gifts and talents so I've definitely ran into that Mm -hmm. um over the years and yeah it's important to pay attention to that and like you mentioned have grace for yourself because right. these things take time and I, I I made the mistake early on of approaching it in a linear way thinking that I can point A to point B and boom okay I'm healed I'm, yeah, I'm healed yeah that's, my me. that's me it's like <laughs> I, you just you just want it over with because you want the pain over with and you want to you know, in the, you want to stop making the same mistakes, but you have to realize that you have to really go deep in that shadow work as they call it is extremely important. And, you know, I also want to say, because some people don't necessarily believe in honoring and venerating their ancestors, even, you know, coming from being descendants from Africa, some people still don't believe in that, but it doesn't take the place of the creator or the almighty, but these are people who, you know, fought for us they they hung bled and died for us they prayed mm-hmm. for us and so their strength whether we want to acknowledge it or not is still with us if we're willing to tap into that energy 100 and so that you said yeah that. and so it is it is extremely important and so um yeah but I want to I want to get back to the just your upbringing and how your mother actually had the courage and it takes courage to reach out for help you said she reached out for help um when she was pregnant with you or af- right after mm-hmm. she had you in the community um and she was able to receive help and I want to know it did that play a part in your passion to uh, give back and to work with young people. 
100%, a thousand percent, because I saw the benefits of it through my mother's own life. You know, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't have been here about like maybe, you know, or things would have been drastically different if it wasn't for that support and help. So I can only offer that back what was poured into me. Um, and just witnessing her journey as at a young age, it made me a very empathetic person because I saw the beauty of her, I saw all of her, you know, and their struggles and her triumphs and everything and the lessons that she learned and then what I went through personally. And I've searched my whole life for mentors, you know, and they were so hard to come by. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I think that's really one of the things that is really, it's, it's beneficial, it's needed in our community. We got to reach a hand back. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I want to give what I didn't necessarily always have in in the sense of like a mentor and stuff in that way. And what I did have in my mom and in the community support and stuff. So 100%. Yeah. I've spoken about this several times about how mentorship is so important and just how, you know, I would be so much further in my entrepreneurial career Mm -hmm. if I actually, my heart was actually open enough because I was in the process of healing, but if my heart was actually open enough to actually seek out mentorship and people to assist me, um, I would be so much further in my, in my career, but everything in divine timing, we all have, we all have a journey, but what, what are some of the things that you've done to uh, give back to the communities that you were in, not just necessarily Chicago, but I know you were in LA. I think you're in New York now. So as far as what I've done to give back into the community, um, it's been a lot and it's been it's been weaved throughout my entire career. So starting out in Chicago, shortly after America's Next Top Model, I immediately started traveling and touring to schools in the city, um, speaking about confidence, identity, self-worth, the importance of knowing who you are. Um, those are just important topics to me and I believe like the foundation of so much in life. Um, so I would travel speaking about that and that really kickstarted my speaking career and I carried that over into into LA once I moved there, continuing to speak there. And then it grew bigger to conferences and events all over. And I still do that to this day. I also started, um, I founded a nonprofit dealing with homeless rehabilitation and youth development. It's called Serve Up Inc. We had an outreach team called Burgers and Bibles. We would go out um, and we did that for seven years. Um, Out on Skid Row, you know, when I first went out there and saw how bad the homelessness issue was, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't help but do something about it. So I immediately started organizing a group of people um, to go out and we would literally hand out burgers and um, just different. Um, and at the, at the time, Bibles and different, we would also just, it was about connecting with them. And and we would literally just hang out on Skid Row. And it was really important to me to get people an avenue to, I believe that, you know, spiritual gifts are still active and God still works in that way. And it's a beautiful opportunity to be able to work through our spiritual gifts. So we would go out and we would just hang out with them and miracle signs and wonders literally would take place. It's something beautiful that happens when, you know, when we acknowledge each other and look each other in the eye and face and just really connect. Connection is so important. Um, and yeah, so so much stuff would happen. Healing would take place out there on the streets, man, all kind of just like seeing into people's lives and stuff. And we were um, fortunate to help so many people through rehabilitation Mm -hmm. um, through our time with that. Um, I also, again, continued speaking and stuff. I founded my own um, organization, my own 
it's a community, it's a sisterhood. It's called Model Tribe. So it's an online group mentorship platform where I model, mentor, and work with a lot of young adults. Um, and I still do that one-on-one to this day. I coach a lot of young girls um, and young men, aspiring models and non. Um, and it's like wellness, life, spirituality. I'm the kind of mystic mentor. So I weave yeah. all of them together. And then um, I also recently, which I'm super excited about, I began hosting retreats. So we had our first retreat um, back in April and it was absolutely beautiful. So I took my entire journey coming into modeling, coming into myself as a woman, coming into self-esteem, healing, father issues, everything. And I put it into a five day, four night experience. So we had young women come out from all over. They traveled into, it took place in Joshua Tree, California. Mm-hmm. And um, I brought my, my personal shaman out and she did spiritual counseling and stuff for them. I had a beautiful friend of mine, Paige Mays. Um, she's like a energy Hitler and yoga instructor, beautiful voice. She's also an actress and um, theater star. And she came out doing yoga and stuff for everyone and offering workshops. Um, I had an amazing chef Thai. She provided, woke us up with good food every single morning and cooked us deliciousness all day. Um, My amazing photographer and videographer, Janae Antoinette with Fuse Medium. She's skilled at just like capturing people's brand and seeing them in their full list and capturing mm-hmm. that and images and stuff so she came out and provided that for them so it was just a beautiful experience of healing how long have you transformation been doing, how long have you been doing the wellness retreats so actually so I've been building it for a few years now along with the community the community officially launched about a year and some change ago mm-hmm. and the retreats just launched this year as well so um so yeah so just this April was our first one but I'm super excited that we're going to be taking it on tour here in 2024 so um and we have another one scheduled for April of 24 as well that will be I guess we're announcing it now mm-hmm. <laughs> that will be announcing soon um so I encourage everyone to check out themodeltribe.com for more information on the beautiful sisterhood mentorship community on one-on-one coaching with myself and to just stay on top of like all of our future retreats and stuff. And then you mentioned uh, public speaking and that's sort of where you started. How did you start connecting with people so that you can start your public speaking career when you were here in Chicago? Yeah, you know what? It started me doing it for free, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came off of America's Next Top Model, unfortunately, things were not edited and stuff in a way that was a true reflection of who I really was. Um, that I was kind of painted to be this like overconfident person, which I was. I was a young woman with confidence, you know. Yeah. But unfortunately, many don't like to see that image displayed on screens. <laughs> um, so, but what I did, I still took that. You know what? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm confident, or it was portrayed as overconfidence to some, but I want to teach this. So I just start offering it. I used the kind of momentum from Top Model, and I just hit up some schools. I think I had maybe I, I may I've had a few people that reached out to me directly. Um, and and, you know, just word of mouth and connection and stuff. And I also just reached out to some schools and some places and offered it for free. And then it began to open up the doors for me to actually get paid to do it. Okay, cool. You talk about, you mentioned, you know, self-esteem or being overly confident. Mm-hmm. It is obvious, but self-esteem is a major factor. And you talked about how you probably had to build your own, I'm assuming had to build yourself up because you dealt with self-esteem issues 
coming up because you were struggling with not having your dad around being, you know, born to a young uh, single mom, uh, you know, it's, but self-esteem is a major factor for becoming mm-hmm. successful in any avenue of life. So for young women looking to grow their confidence, what advice would you give them? Yeah, thank you. Great question. Um, so the young women looking to grow their confidence, I would say, first and foremost, you got to put some blinders on, you know, with social media and everything out there, we oftentimes comparing ourselves all the time to other people. And we really got to reframe that, you know, sometimes we look at them with envy or with jealousy, but everybody that you see, it's literally a mirror reflection of you and who you are. So when I, you know, back in the day before I would see someone and you kind of measure yourself against it, well, like, oh, where they're really successful or they're really beautiful or they're this and I'm not doing enough. And, you know, the the world we live in today can have a lot of people feeling like they're not doing enough because everyone's showcasing their highlight reels and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, 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 it's good to, it's good to reframe that into um, that, like, that's my mirror reflection. That's someone showing me what's possible. I'm seeing myself, even people listening, there might be some young women listening. I've had, I've had times where I've listened to older people and not knowing that they're just showing me a version of myself that's to come. So mm. begin to do that. Put your like I'm 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 I know there's somebody listening that's like I'm just showing you a version of what's possible and what's to come. So know that. Um so yeah, put the blinders on. Not, don't compare yourself. Um tap into some what finding out what your unique strengths and stuff are and like that's been there with you your entire life. There's some things about me that's been constant my entire life. I'm sure there's some things about you that's been constant your entire life. Mm-hmm. Work your strengths. A lot of time we're taught to like you know things got to be hard and tough and rough no change your mindset you know right I live a Um, life of ease that's another affirmation I am walking into my abundance I live a life of ease yes exactly my gifts make way for me my gifts make way for me I live where bliss peace and pleasure reside I Mm -hmm. I get to do what I love and I make great money and provisions for myself doing so I'm 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 seen and acknowledged and value for who I am authentically know that who you are authentically is the blueprint and that's mm-hmm. enough you don't have to be anything else add anything else onto it and you really find true joy and happiness when you just embrace your natural authenticity when you embrace those things that come natural to you your strengths work your strengths a lot of times we want to focus on working our weaknesses and making it better but no you got some strengths and some stuff that come natural to you and those are all Oftentimes the things that we overlook, pay mm-hmm. attention to that, work that. Um, yeah, there's there's so much. Surround yourself with with good with good people that see the best in you. You know, I was, there was times I would be around people that were intimidated by me or were jealous or would project their, you know, their own insecurities and stuff onto me. And I began to take those on as my yep. own. But no, you got to surround yourself with people that see the best in you, people that celebrate you, that champion you. And if that's no one for right now, then that's okay too. Know mm-hmm. that your people are coming. The more that you come into your authenticity and own who you are, you're going to just begin to reflect that in the world around you and people who are on that same wavelength length and frequency and vibration are going to come like never before um so just hold out for that don't settle for less in relationships and friendships and any of that if you're put in a situation where you feel lower or you don't like that's not that's not the place for you 
your circle is so incredibly important. I want to know, did your journey to modeling start with America's Next Top Model? Because you were just 17 years old when you auditioned. Were you always sort of modeling, whether it be church or wherever else? Or did it start with America's Next Top Model? Yeah, so I did some small things. Like, I did, like, some plays and stuff. I was actually also a dancer. So um, in high school, you know, I went to Curie Metropolitan. It was a performing arts school. Um, so I was actually a broadcast journalism major. Like, my school is news anchor. And I was also mm-hmm. a dance major, so I danced for years. Um, and in addition to that, and then I did, like, a bunch of plays and stuff as well growing up. So always in arts and theater in that way and since. Um and then as far as modeling, I always knew that it was something that I wanted to do, but I never knew how to do it. Like, how do you start? How does one just start modeling? Mm-hmm. Um, so all I knew was America's Next Top Model. I think I did like some local runway shows or something at uh, like it was Fashion Bug back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do remember Fashion Bug. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's funny. That is hilarious. I know, right? I ain't seen a Fashion Bug in years. Right. But... <laughs> so, how was your, so how was your experience? Experience on the I want you to take me through the process. They had auditions here in Chicago. Yep, they had auditions here in Chicago. They would travel all around the world to see millions of people. Right. Um, so when they had one in Chicago, me and my mom saw it. it actually came on like after the American Sex Model episode. Like, if you're an aspiring model, come out to these auditions. Um, so me and my mom went. We were there like at five a.m. in the morning. It was dead middle in the winter, uh, in the middle of winter. So we had our little snowsuits on and boots, and we were all bundled up. And then as soon as they opened up those doors, my mama was like, "Take it off, hurry up, take it, take it off." Took all my little snowsuits off. She carried it, and I just strutted in the space I was probably like at a big hotel or something like that Mm -hmm. in the conference room and there were thousands of people there lined up all around um they talked to us for a little bit and they brought us in like a hundred girls at a time or so into like a large conference room space and we were kind of like all lined up in the perimeters of the room and then one by one we would just have to like come up and say something small about ourselves um and then from there, they cut it like that group of 100 down to like three. Mm. So, um, yeah. And then I made that final three. And I kind of told. Uh, so in one other thing, too, you know, a person without a plan plans to fail. So I had a plan going into it. And so I went I auditioned two times, actually, one time when I was 17 and then another time when I was 18. And I did that because I knew I wouldn't be able to make it when I was 17. But I was like, they're going to remember me. So mm-hmm. next year when I come back, it's going to, you know, greater my chances of, you know, going through. So that's exactly what happened. They brought me up. I was in the final three of my little group. Um, and then they saw that I wasn't going to be 18 at the time of filming. So there like oh no come back next year and so when I came back next year they actually remembered me I went through that same process and then after that I had to come back the next day and the next day out of all the thousands of people there were probably like 35 people that they had selected um, and we'd have to do a bunch of interviews and we had to fill out a bunch of stuff um, and we had to make our videos that were then sent out to Tyra and so Tyra received the videos from all the auditions around the states and um, from there she narrowed it down to her top 30 semifinalists um, and I remember receiving that call like it was yesterday um, what mom, was that feeling like it was it was it was very 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 surreal just, huh? yeah you know when like time stops and it's going in slow motions it was one of them type of moments mm-hmm. I was upstairs my mom had called me like um and she you know mom was always calling I'm thinking like dang she want me to get her some water or something like why can't she just get her own water I'm tired of doing <laughs> 
So I'm like, mom, what? Like, well, I couldn't say what. I was like, yes, you know. <laughs> and um, she was like, here, the phone, the phone, the phone. I was like, huh? So I answered the phone. They were like, hi, this is such and such from America's Next Top Model. We wanted to let you, congratulate you. You're a semifinalist. And I literally just fell to my knees. Wow. Like, what? What? And they're like, yeah, you're a semifinalist. You're coming out to California next week. So what was that experience moving to California and actually being in the house with the girls and dealing with Tyra? How did that go? I know you mentioned a little bit of it about how they were sort of saying that you were too confident, which is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so I so, yeah, we we the next week I was flying out. I remember me, my mom and even an aunt of mine. We went to like Rainbow and stuff and got me Mm -hmm. some clothes. She was like, look, we got a (laughs) hundred dollars. Right. Right. We're going to make it work. work. I remember, too, like even how I wear my hair now, I um wanted to wear my hair like that or something and so we went and got some extensions or something we didn't have the money to go and get my hair done as much so my mom like sewed my extensions in it was it was botched it was horrible (laughs) 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 and I had my little my little couple of outfits my little I got a lot for a hundred dollars at rainbow right right little 10 outfits you know I thought I was cute and then we went out to California and yeah that was so surreal people don't know that before we even start filming there's like we're just sitting in the hotel room for like Mm -hmm. a good week week and we can't talk to anyone mm. um, and a part and there's a lot to that you know like one we have to stay separate before we can actually start filming and then two it's a psychological thing as well mm. when you put people you got them all excited and you quarantine them in a, in a in a hotel room by themselves for an entire week and they can't speak or anything when you put them on camera they gonna have a whole bunch of energy, <laughs> right? Right. And in addition to that, we also had to do a bunch of interviews and stuff. They would pull us from time to time. We met with actual psychiatrists and psychologists and stuff, and we met with. Well, I know I had met with the producers and stuff as well. And so what they were doing, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was kind of like they were like kind of grooming us a little bit and telling us who they wanted us to be. So like mm. I, we did a bunch of psychological tests and stuff, and you know those tests they say a lot and tell a lot about and so I had met with a psychologist and they were like you know based on your results you're very confident and you're the first person to do everything and you're this and you're that and you're you know and and a lot of it was true you know you're a leader you're just and but then a lot of it was like sprinkled in there little things of how they wanted you to behave right so Mm. then you take on that energy and then also the producers and stuff would be like oh my gosh Tyra just loves your confidence she just loves this I make sure that you're not in the background I know sometimes you can be quiet and you can be introverted to yourself make sure we need to see you all the time they said the camera makes you look smaller so you need to be bigger with everything that you do and your movements and this and I'm like really I thought the camera's the opposite way they're like no with video it's different so I'm like okay got it I gotta do something different I have to be I have to stand out you know mm-hmm. so then when cameras are on you know we've been quarantined all this time so yeah we everybody is full of energy and now we we're kind of been programmed with these characters that we're meant to portray unknowingly 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of things are like really pushed behind the scenes, even yeah. like little dramas and stuff like that, or even with interviews, you know, when we do interviews in between things that happen, you know, you have to, they ask you all kinds of questions, you know, you have to say something positive and something negative, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have to. And of course, oftentimes they use the negative stuff or yeah. you have to, there was times where I would say something, they're like, okay, can't say it sassy. And then I'll say oh. it sassy and then say, say it sweet. And then I'll say it sweet and then say, say it like this. Say it with more confidence, then I'll say it again. And not knowing that I'm literally giving them ammo to you to make me to be whatever character they want me to be. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking reality, I'm showcasing my acting skills. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Reality TV is never really reality TV um, for yeah. people who don't work in media. They they don't realize it. But how did that um how did the whole experience? I know you said you used your platform and the notoriety that you got from the show to start something larger as it pertains to the wellness retreats and helping others I want to know how it grew you spiritually how did everything like just your whole journey and modeling and public speaking how did how did it grow you spiritually yeah it man was a big part of that that was another kind of like trauma thing early on for me and it's really been a journey of coming back to myself because I think I kind of got further away from that a little bit so of course after the show and facing so much public ridicule and humiliation and all kind of stuff I kind of went in a little shell and in hiding and like protecting Mm -hmm. myself and really building my spirit and stuff back up um so I really had to, you know, get back. And I, I've always been spiritually, you know, in tune and stuff, but really like never before leaning into that, really like never before, you know, being having those introspective times and stuff, doing a lot of shadow work, like, okay, how much of this is me? How much of this is other stuff? Um, and really just coming back into that. Also, it's just, yeah, it's been an entire, a whole, a whole, a whole journey. What was the, <laughs> what was journey. the public... What was the public ridicule that you experienced and how would you encourage someone else who's new to sort of becoming popular, especially in this age of social media, who's maybe being beat up online? Um, How would you encourage them? But what was I want you to start with? Like, what were they saying about you? What was the ridicule? Girl, everything. I mean, well, of course, with how things were edited, it was the, you mm-hmm. know, the um, overconfident and cocky. And then I came on saying, I am America's Next Top Model. You know, Oh, that was, okay. That was a personal affirmation of mine. And sometimes you just got to keep them to yourself. It don't always come across the same right. way when you go. <laughs> I was like, my name is Sharon and I am America's Next Top Model. And that was me wanting to show them that I was ready for this, that I could do this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a lot of talk about that, a lot of talk about appearance stuff and, you know, your looks and stuff like that, people ripping you apart. Um, Unfortunately, you know, there things were kind of edited to in a way and I'll take responsibility for for parts of it as well in regards to the LGBTQ plus community and stuff we had a beautiful transgender contestant our season and they um things were edited in a way that made me seem transphobic in a way which was never the case Mm. um so having to deal with that and really also face hard truths with myself and have conversations with myself surrounding that as well um and also get into the place where I can acknowledge you know parts where I could have did things differently or maybe said things differently or and also the stuff that was manipulated and edited too and having equal parts and play in that and um reconnecting even with you know Isis was her name it's her name 
she's doing amazing things and stuff and being able to really be honest and apologize too about some of my faults and some things that I could have done better. You know, a lot of times when we're coming into confidence and identity and self-worth, but it, it's performative, you know, mm. early on. And we want to, we, okay, this is what confidence looks like. So we perform it and we try to be it. And, and, um, you know, but confidence isn't putting other people down. Confidence isn't, you know, putting yourselves above anybody else. Confidence doesn't have to look like anything. I can be, calm and quiet and collective and confident you know it's not always performative or in what it looks like but for someone who is you know maybe uh, experiencing some public ridicule and stuff I had to block out the noise I had to stop looking at the blogs and the different things that were out there and really let your voice be the forefront you know Mm -hmm. people are going to have a lot of stuff to say about you no matter where you are in your journey no matter what you're doing in high school out of high school in a workplace in in the industry in in the community in the city everywhere it's always going to be something but what matters most is what do you say about yourself right you say yourself to be who does God say you to Who be? Who does God say exactly. you are? Exactly. Yeah. Who does God say you are? And if God says I'm worthy, if God says I'm called to X, Y, and Z, if God says I'm then like, I don't give a dang about what nobody else got to say mm-hmm. because I know who I am. And yeah. so I really had to get to that point of like, I know who I am. And reframing even some of the negative thoughts in our own mind. You know, sometimes we're our biggest critic. There's outside mm-hmm. critics, but we are biggest critic with the and mental chatter that goes on internally you yeah. know so um changing and reframing your thought process times i'll walk down the street and people look at me i'm like oh they're looking at me talking about how skinny i am or how this or how that like no they look at me talking about how fine i am mm-hmm. they look at me that, you know mm-hmm. or oh i'm not gonna be able to do this i'm never gonna make it like this not gonna, nope i got this i'm made for this i'm more than enough I um I have everything I need to succeed. So just reframing those mental chatters and thoughts and pinpointing where did that come from? A yeah. lot of the stuff that chatter and stuff, it doesn't come from us. It came from other experiences or people, things that other people said. So sifting that out and reprogramming yourself for success. Um so yeah. yeah, just tuning out that noise, knowing who you are, standing for me, and knowing that this too shall pass. Well, from one Chicago girl to another, I am extremely proud of you. I am inspired by you. I'm proud of how you are using your platform to help others. And you're not just sort of, you know, oh, I'm the star and I'm just going to suck up all this limelight. You're actually mm-hmm. shining light on others who may not have a light at the time or they don't understand that they have a light because we all have a light if we're honest Um, we just need somebody to help us to recognize it and I think it's absolutely beautiful I want you if you have a website I want you to tell people where they can find you learn more about what you do and your wellness retreats and tell us what's next for you as well yeah, thank you so much. So, yes, um, for everybody listening again, my name is Sharon, S-H-A-R-A-U-N. You can find me on Instagram at Sharon. Again, that's S-H-A-R-A-U-N, B as in brown. Um, that's on Instagram, all social platforms and stuff, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff as well. Um, TikTok, find me on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then my website is themodeltribe.com. Again, it's themodeltribe.com. And that's just my beautiful mentorship community and sisterhood that I've built for young women 
and men around the world. Um, as I previously mentioned, I do one-on-one coaching and I would love to help anyone out there, whether you're struggling with self-esteem or just want to break into modeling or just wellness or just build the life of your dream. Again, I'm all about teaching people how to become supermodels in all areas of their life. So you can find out information on how to work with me there. And I also offer sliding skills and stuff as well too for services. So don't be afraid to hit me up um, or shoot me an email and you can just use um, the email sharonb at gmail.com. Again, that's the same as my Instagram and stuff. And yeah, so all the info on the retreats and any events and stuff that we're hosting will be listed there. Um, And for everyone to sign up and learn about that, our next retreat, I haven't announced the location yet. So I ain't gonna (laughs) spill it just yet, but look out on my social media and on the website for information on that. Again, it's the Model Tribe Modeling X Wellness Retreat and Experience. And as far as what's up for me next, I am, you know, so I, we talk a lot about top model and stuff and I love it, but I've done so much since then in my yeah. career and I'm so blessed and honored to have walked, you know, both New York Fashion Week, LA Fashion Week, London Fashion Week. I've signed with some of the biggest agencies around the world, elite model management out of New York, um, CESD for commercial and acting out of New York and in LA as well. Um, and also on the modeling and I'm signed with brand um, model management out of LA and San Diego and Orange County, our cat model management out of Minneapolis. Um, I have an awesome manager, Brian Schodor, if you can reach out to as well. Um, and he's out of Chicago. And I just have a great team. I've worked with the likes of Diane von Furstenberg, Mark Jacobs, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Tracy Reese, the Givenchy campaign, uh, Ulta Beauty campaign that's still running right now. I have... Um, just just so much. I've done McDonald's commercials, DSW commercials, but like La Marie commercials. I recently did a Hulu commercial with John Morant. Oh, cool. Um, so you working, working. You working, are working, 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 working. And I love to just say that, you know, the top model was a great start and stuff. And, you know, I still built a great career no matter what I was faced with in the opposition and stuff. And I just wanted to share that, that no matter what opposition you're facing in life right now, no matter what anybody else say, again, Tyra said I wasn't America's Next Time Model, but God said I was, right? Right. But God had a different plan. Um, and no, no, so right. no matter what nobody else is saying, you got to hold on true and have faith in what God told you and what your spirit is telling you within. Who do you say you are? What vision, mm. the vision that you see for your life, it's, it's just the, it's just the a highlight reel. It's a trailer of the life to come. Mm-hmm. So see that, hold into that, protect that, keep it sacred. I made a big mistake a lot of times of like telling everybody else what I want to do and my visions and my plans. Yes. Sometimes you just gotta, it ain't about keeping it secret. It's about keeping it sacred. Okay. Yep. You gotta protect the vision that you've been given. Between you um, and God. Between you and God. Cause people will come along and I've had people that try to dream killers and still try to take your vision you know, relationships and all, um, or try to, or, you know, God always have things to say. You don't want that energy clouding what you have going on. And so just know that no matter what anybody else got to say, whether it's Tyra Banks or Johnny on the street, who do you say you are? You know, focus on that um, because it will all come to pass. And I'm so honored and humbled to just the journey of my life. Even as I talk about it with you, just to see and know how far I've come, um, it's just beautiful. It's it's and I'm I'm grateful to God and I wouldn't wouldn't be possible without that. And again, my mother and my family and my everything. So what's to come? A lot of beauty, a lot of greatness, a lot of winning, a lot of leveling up, a lot of yes. glow up, a yes. lot of <clears throat> 
a lot of more television personality stuff. You might see me on some screen. <laughs> I love it. Acting or broadcasting wise, there's some things in the work. Um, I, I'm in the process of um, hashing out and writing a book, which I'm super excited about, just about Ooh. that identity and sovereignty and coming into all of that. Um, again, I'm really passionate about these retreats that I have going on because they are such healing, transformational experience for, again, yes. aspiring models and non man stuff that happened i'm gonna release the trailer soon and the video of like just the entire weekend so look out for that i'll send it to you as well tiff but like yes, man the absolutely. things that took place there absolutely amazing and i just yeah. want everyone to experience it so um and i look forward to all the target sponsorships putting it out there and the dove sponsorships for this retreat so we can make it affordable to everybody around and the you world. plan to do this next year this is all happening in 2024. Yeah. So it's for, it, do you know what month you plan on doing it? Yes. Yeah, so our first retreat is going to start in April and then we'll probably start our tours like shortly thereafter. Okay. Cause I'll have stuff. to, I'll have to hit you up to definitely, um, definitely check, check it out. One last thing. I think that yeah. um, this will still be taking place when um, this airs and stuff, but I'm the reason I'm here is for Chicago fashion week, powered yes. by fashion bar. And so I'm super excited to partner with them. Again, that's one of the other things that I'm doing in the city to, um, you know, just help. I'm, I'm here to help amplify the fashion scene here. You know, we have amazing talent from in every industry and I really we had no reason why we shouldn't be on the fashion map and fashion capital so we're bringing that back to Chicago Tony um with fashion bar has already been doing it and I'm just so happy that he brought me on to help amplify everything so we have a bunch of fashion shows this week um we have a beautiful show on Friday evening on the 20th as well as the 21st um the 19th all week their show so plug in visit fashionbarchicago.com to get your tickets and learn all about that I'm going to be hosting a workshop as well for aspiring models so plug in come out support the community support your local designers local models and talents and let's put chicago on the map thank you for joining me for another episode of the tiff's truth podcast there'll be many more of these discussions to come but in the meantime, make sure you're following me on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also catch me on Instagram at Tiff's Truth. My name is Tiffany, and this is my truth. <laughs>